You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. And I was raised by a Mexican nanny, Maria Rubio from Matamoros, Mexico. She was my surrogate mom, if you want to call it that way. And um, I woke up every morning to David, David, tell me a beso, ando de pronto. I give her a kiss, I'm out the door to play. And I was six years old when I had to go to school and learn English. And they told me I was not a Mexican. <laughs> it blew my Hispanic mind. And to this day, I'm, I'm identifying as a Mexican. Uh, I'm David Von Raver. <laughs> That's like Jose Chang, but uh, God don't know what he is. But I'm happy. I'm happy. And, and that's an unusual statement for people nowadays. But I'm happy. Life is very good. It's been challenging, very challenging, but it's good. I, I remember some of the big challenges whenever I was drafted. Uh, uh, I was actually being drafted. I was in Bible college, and my grades were below sea level. <laughs> this is San Diego, right? You know what sea level is. Well, I joined the Navy because I was already below sea level. And uh, I ended up training out here at NAB, Naval Amphibious Base. I was trained by the commander of SEAL Team 1 and was not a SEAL. I was a brown water black beret, the smallest of the special operations groups with the highest killed in action, but you can't prove it because our guys went down with the boats, and if they don't get a body, you're not KIA, even though they know you're dead. You're MIA until they find something that can be proven to be your body. And so when I kissed my high school sweetheart goodbye, actually she was my junior high school sweetheart. We got married just before I left. I uh, promised her I'd be back without a scar. I don't know where that came from. I could have just said, I'll be back. Then I could be your governor. <laughs> California. And so, but she was a, she was a great girl. I, when I was in Vietnam, she worked for Allstate Insurance. Say Allstate. Allstate. Was used to be owned by Sears Roebuck Company. And it was a great, you know, you're in good hands. When you're, well, there was a guy that worked for her that wanted her in his hands. And, uh, ooh, he tried to get my wife away from me. And she had to ring and all. He knew she was married. I got even with that sucker. I buy State Farm today. <laughs> yeah, boy. I don't, know about, I don't know about the good hands, but I got in a good tractor, <laughs> State Farm. <laughs> I just thought of that. I won't use that one again. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that was really bad. So then there was, after I got injured in the war, I came home. My medic at Brook Army Medical Center, 60 surgeries ago. I've had 60 operations. And the last one was just before COVID. And I only count the ones where they put me to sleep. If they don't put you to sleep, it's not worthy of being mentioned. But my medic, while I was in that first year and two months at Brook Army, my medic, he tried to, he was messing with her, stalking her. And so I said, I got you, baby. I got it covered. I'm in ICU with hoses out of orifices I didn't have before I was injured. And here's this guy trying to mess with my wife. So I, one night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I start hyperventilating until I set off the alarms. 
He came running in and I mumble, 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 real quiet. And he got his ear down real close and I bit him. <laughs> Honest to God, I bit him right on the ear. His name was Holyfield. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just thought of that, and that was funny. I don't care who you are. I like that one. But uh, I, while I had him there, I clenched my teeth. I said, you touch her, I'll kill you. <laughs> what am I going to do, choke him with a hose that's in my nose, you know? <laughs> he left the next day, never came back to that ward. That was the end of him. And then, and then there was a college president, uh, a, a college professor, pardon me, at the school that we were both uh, going to in college. And after I got out of the hospital, went back to college. He actually brought her flowers trying to woo her. I never met him, but he saw me one day and figured if I survived, the other guy didn't. <laughs> I never saw him again. That was the end of that book. And finally, there's the fourth guy. And I'm telling you, she was really quite beautiful. That's why all these guys were chasing my wife. I ended up with her. But fourth guy, but he was really different. The problem was he really did love her. And he brought her gifts and wooed her. And I'll declare, she liked him a lot. And she left with him. But I got his name and address. His name Jesus, and he took her to heaven. And he said, if I'm a really good boy, I get her back. I'm a day closer today than I was yesterday. But I'm not going to heaven to see her first. I don't even care if the streets are gold or concrete. What do we have, asphalt rings up there? <laughs> he paves the street with gold that we lusted and killed for. I'm going to heaven for something beside pearly gates that can be plastic. It's not, that's not what I'm going to. I'm going to heaven to meet the one who died for me, <laughs> gave himself for me. And I won't have any trouble finding her and she'll be hanging real close to him. You see, if we have hope in Christ Jesus in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. But we have hope in the life to come. Jesus is real. Do you understand that? Heaven is real. Do you understand that? We're just getting ready down here. Sometimes I just want to jump every now and do a rapture practice because <laughs> I know he's coming again and I'm ready. Are you ready? This is a place to get ready if you're not. And I tell you, pay your tithes because that CIA guy knows your wife and children's name and where they live. <laughs> pay your tithes, boy. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy you won't ask him for your money, I tell you that. <laughs> I'm 74, but I'm going on 50, and 50 is the new 30. Common Core Math, you can be anything you want. I'm 21. I feel like it, and I behave like I have a little trouble with stairs. Uh, the reason I have to sit down to talk, in 2010, I jumped out of a helicopter in Iraq, and I hit, my feet went out from under me so hard I hit and broke six vertebrae and went paralyzed instantly for two years in my left leg. They put in 12 screws and two rods. I'm an inch taller. I can walk again. No nerve, no more nerve damage, but the muscles have never recovered. And I don't talk, my brain doesn't talk to my feet very good, so I don't stand very long, but I can stand you. I love it. I love this church. I wish I lived. Well, no, I don't want to live here, but I. I <laughs> All right. You know what I mean. If I can just transport y'all to Texas, we'll be all right. 
But I do, I do love my country, and today I'm going to ask your forgiveness if I speak of myself a little more than it seems like should be eloquently done. It's because today I'm going to be the illustration of my own message because there's a scripture that defines my life, and it comes out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. It's the tragedy to triumph verse in my life where Paul was writing to the church in the Philippines, <laughs> I mean Philippi, and he said, I want you to understand, brethren. So he wrote the letter to the church, not to the local bar or strip club or to the workout place called L.A. Fitness. He wrote this to the family of God. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, the things which happened to me, he said. Wait a minute. You're a believer. You're born again. Things don't happen to Christians, do they? Well, wake up and smell the roses. Because I'm going to tell you something. Things happen. You don't have to be Forrest Gump to figure that out. They made bumper stickers kind of like that things happen thing. And (laughs) we won't go down that road. But I can tell you this. The things that happened unto Paul, that happened unto me, that happened unto you, Paul said, have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what the devil intends for evil, God intends to use it for good. In other words, the devil took a stick and he beat me pretty severely in July of 69. Yes, teenager, right after the War of 1812. I know what you're thinking. Youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) That wasn't my line, but it's funny. And that day, that devil whooped me pretty good. He beat me severely around the head and shoulders. Threw down the stick, left me a smoldering heap on the bank of a river on the border with Cambodia. Walked away laughing but he made a fatal error. He left the stick and I picked it up. And I'm beating him all over the face of the earth with the same stick he beat me with. (laughs) That's the way you do it, folks. And let me explain to you. Lest I take credit for that good idea, I got it from another guy who had two sticks used against him. And the very cross that he was crucified became the symbol of our salvation. And the thing the devil tried to kill Jesus with was just an avenue for Christ to be risen from the dead and take that cross. And because of his sacrifice, we have life eternal. Because of his resurrection, we have hope forever. So today, I don't come to you with a sad story of poor Dave in Vietnam. In Spanish, we call it pobrecito. Poor little guy. Not me. Don't you pity me, dude. I see people all the time uglier than me, never were burned. <laughs> they say to me, what happened to your face? I say to them, what happened to your mother? <laughs> you know you're ugly when you're born. They slap your mom. <laughs> so I get along just fine. Now, I have to admit, if any of you knew me as late as five years ago, you notice I have a nose, and I have eyelids, and I have my lips back, and they did surgery on my neck. I can turn my head. Humpty Dumpty's getting better every day. They'll never get him all the pieces. They just don't get them all together. But they're trying. All these horses and all these men, they can't, but they try. And I love my medical doctors in the Army. They all take good care of me, but they can never do what the great physician, the king, came along and what his horses and men can't do, the king is doing every day. He's already done it in my heart. But I got a nose. It's a boy. I'm so proud of it. (laughs) Cute little guy. And y'all, y'all think, you know, he lost more than his nose, Alice. <laughs> there was no Dane Bramage. <laughs> oh, you are listening. Whose I am. I belong, belong to Jesus. He, with blood and 
owns title deed to me. And throughout my life, that's where it's been. I met my sweet girl when I was 16. I asked her to marry me, and she slapped me. She was 13. And she told me, she said, I'm only 13 years old. I said, but you have the body of a 14-year-old. She slapped me again. We got off to a rough start, but she said, if you love me, you'll wait for me. I said, I'll pick you up at 10. I can wait. I don't know what she meant, but uh, we were both virgins when we married. You can clap. I'll wait. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I got to admit, it wasn't my fault because <laughs> I was typical boy possessed with the urge to merge, and she was not possessed that way. And her daddy carried a 12-gauge shotgun, so I kind of cooled my jets. But when I tell that in public schools, the girls give me standing ovations. The boys salute in a strange way. It's a little different. <laughs> but today, if we don't stand for something with our kids, they're going to fall for everything. You got to stand for something. Amen. And on July the 26th, 1969, I broke a promise I made eight months earlier when I kissed that little girl goodbye, my sweet little teenage wife. I promised her I'd be back without a scar. And on July the 26th, 1969, my face was blown off. Everything not covered was blown off my head. I looked down, I could see my heart beating. Skin falling off my arms. My left thumb was gone. My right hand was severed in half. These three fingers and thumb were hanging by tendons. The only finger left was that one. They actually added up each finger and thumb and this missing thumb and all the square inches of, this, of scar tissue and no eyelid, artificial ear. and all, yeah, It's my hair, but I bought it. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was actually blown off in Vietnam, but it was blown off in South Carolina the other day in a high wind. I was chasing across the parking lot at the Citadel Military Academy. That was so embarrassing. You know, a dog brought it back. Stinking mutt, and he's shaking. He thought he had an air possum. The general was on all four. Uh, he was down all four. He was crying, laughing so hard. I want to tell you, that day, it was, a, it was a difficult day, but I never call it a bad day. It was a day of difficulty, awkward, Awesome, all these descriptions and adjectives, but not bad, because all things work together for good. Say it again. Good. Good. To them that love God and call according to his purpose. And I was that from the time I was a child. So the things that happened to me have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. He takes our tragedies and turns them into triumph. And I grew up without violence. I didn't know what it's like. I've never smoked a joint to this day. I've never put a needle in my vein. The only Coke's been up my nose, I was drinking and sneezed, and boy, that's a bad trip. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I tried to smoke a cigarette one time until I inhaled, and then I fell off the spare tire sitting on and choked me half death. My brother-in-law gave me a beer when I was 15. I took one mouthful, couldn't swallow. Oh, it was horrible. I threw it up, and I, I'd say, Herman, there's something dead in this can, man. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> just I just couldn't do it. That's all right. I gave him a cow patty in that barn. He, <laughs> I showed it to him. He said, oh, that's terrible. I said, you got to develop a taste for it. <laughs> I, I never grew up around any uh, alcohol or drugs or violence. Virgin when I married. I mean, you, you get the picture. I was Mr. Child with no history of violence or evil. I grew up in a pastor's home. Pastor's home. I didn't know anything but the love of God all my childhood. 
And one day I looked down and my face was on my boots. I looked closer, I could see my heart beating. How did I get here? God, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And I didn't, it wasn't what I did wrong. Well, I guess joining the Navy, my grades in school were so bad in college, I was below sea level. <laughs> I don't know if you got that. <laughs> but I was already in the Navy in that respect, so I joined the Navy and thinking I'd serve my country and not get hurt. And I'm on the bank of the river with all these pieces of me. And, and then they add up all this disability, and I'm 240% disabled, according to the VA. I'm almost twice and a half not. And the Navy only gives you 100%. Where's the justice in that? And they actually said, your hand is so bad, you can, you can never hold the job. You're unemployable. Well, look here. These don't work, but they make a good mic stand. And look here, see that? The only finger that works on my hand, my preaching finger. Watch it. Repent. I have a job. I'm employable. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And don't you forget it. So when the world says you can't, like that song says, I can't. When they say don't, you say do. When they try to label you, don't, don't let them stick their opinion on you. God says you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. So the devil took his best shot, and I'm still here because no weapon formed against me can prosper. But I got to tell you, it was a pretty good shot, though. He hit me. Ooh, a sniper put around through the back of my hand and blew a grenade right here. In one second, I went from 190 pounds to 130 pounds. I looked down, pieces of me everywhere. I was beside myself. <laughs> oh, come on, did you get it? I jumped in the water. My skin was all around. I needed to pull myself together. <laughs> Y'all are saying, you know, he, he has Dane Bramage. But I'm going to tell you this. I could cry about it or I can laugh about it. And if you feel sorry for yourself long enough, you stare into that darkness. That darkness stares into you. And when it does, you'll take your life. There's a thousand ways to kill yourself. But there's only one way to live. Turn the light on in the darkness. Restore the hope the enemy took away from you. And restore it in Jesus. And just because you got hurt once doesn't mean your troubles are over. You know, I've had so much bad luck. I got nothing but good luck left. It's not about luck. The most difficult pain I've ever known in my life. Give me 10 Vietnams. But don't take my wife away. But my baby's gone. And that's the most painful thing I've ever known in my life. And that was just 93 days ago. So what my point is, we get hurt. We go through trial after trial. So what? Keep your eyes on the ball, my friend. Keep your eyes on the mark in Christ, in Christ Jesus. I just came from Hawaii. It's not like a vacation, but I was there with Special Operations Command Pacific. And I was teaching. I do a training through the Department of Defense for all four branches. I am a master resiliency trainer in the comprehensive soldier fitness program. And my job is to help prevent suicides and most certainly to encourage our troops to get into these dark places and how to identify that and train their, their commanders how to identify it and to train their subordinates in how to identify it in their troops. And I've been doing this since 2001, since 9-11. And it's a great job. So they asked me, and this was two weeks after my wife was buried, they said, Mr. Reaver, why would you still come? You kept your contract. You came. 
why are you here? I said, let me explain to you, gentlemen. If what I teach did not work, I would not be here. I have taught you to be resilient, to bounce back, to be at the brink and come back from the brink and survive it. I've trained you. I'm living what I have taught. I'm evidence of the truth of my word. You know why I'm in San Diego today? Because Jesus is risen from the dead and the life of Christ is in me. Not the death, but the resurrection of Christ is in me. And when you have life and that more abundantly, people around you know it. They can feel it. They sense it. They see it. And that life, they'll say, are you a Christian? You say, yeah, I am. How'd you know? I don't know. You look like one. You ought to. You, your father is heaven, is in heaven. And you look like him. That's the way we ought to be. So throughout my career in the military, I was constantly hassled. There were four of us on my boat, two boats, eight in my team. And four guys on my boat, they nicknamed me Dudley Do-Right, Dr. Do-Little, and Preacher Man. That's what each one of them called me. I called them pervert number one, pervert number two, pervert number three. I did. We got along, the, the Preacher Man and the perverts. You know, it sounded like a gospel rock and roll band, doesn't it? <laughs> or you call it a three-dog night. <laughs> You have to be old to appreciate that one. And that day on the bank of that river, I looked at the damage. I fell over. They flew a helicopter in called Dust Off. The room on the stretcher was still burning. Phosphorus, that grenade was phosphorus, and water can't extinguish it. Two weeks after I was injured, they opened me up. I burst into flames on the table. Phosphorus inside of me had not had a chance to be exposed to enough air to blow. When they opened me up, oxygen hit, and I set, set the operating room over. My doctor's... And they told me, I said, what you guys do? They said, we ran. So what'd you do with me? He said, we left you. I said, you should be veterinarians. I was so mad. I said, why? why? I said, because you're chicken doctors. You should work on chickens. I was so mad at them. They left me in there. That's, that's just one of the stories. When God's got a plan for your life, let me tell you something. Nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. <laughs> nothing. 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 Nothing can take you out of the hand of God. Now, you can jump, but I don't recommend it. Stay in the hand of God. So uh, a helicopter picked me up. In the helicopter, and they think I'm dead. They, I already burned through the stretcher once. When they rolled me on the stretcher, it caught fire, and I fell through on my head. It was just one of those days. Nothing went right. They rolled me up, wet blankets on another stretcher. I'm hurrying because I want to get through this quick and get the story told. They've got me on another stretcher in the helicopter. Away we go. The medic thinks I'm dead, and he's filling out my death report. And I'm thinking, he thinks I'm dead. I need help here. I'm rolled up in a wet blanket. I feel like a cigar. And I, all of a sudden, for the first time from the injury until that moment, you've not heard me talk about pain. But when the shock wore off, and I guess we were probably 1,500 feet elevation in that helicopter, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Rocked my world. I screamed out, medic. He almost jumped out of the helicopter. Pilot lost control. True story. We're dropping like a rock, and I thought, oh, Lord. We're going to crash, and I'll be the only survivor. <laughs> they got me to Saigon in Japan, where I stupidly asked for a mirror, and they stupidly brought it. And I looked up with my good eye and saw what was left. And I knew my promise to my little junior high school sweetheart wife. I knew it was broken. I didn't want her to ever see me. So I decided if I take my life, they won't open the casket. And I tried to kill myself, and I'm ashamed of that. But I lost my hope that day. 
There's some of you in this room right now that need your hope restored because you're dangerous to yourself. You live every day in darkness. I'm here to switch that light on for you. I'm here today to tell you Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light in your darkness. You got to give him a chance. In my darkness, I pulled the tube. I had no gun or knife. I pulled the tube. I laid my head back and waited to die. And I got hungry. <laughs> Wrong tube. I pulled lunch. You can die that way, but it's going to take a while. That was my lunch, not my life dripping on the floor. And they got me to Saigon, Japan, Japan to America in a Brook Army Medical Center where I'm a patient today. 60 surgeries later, that first day they put me in the intensive care unit, the ICU, and I didn't know what that meant until I got there. Four months later, I was able to stand up for the first time. I was in that first day, it was a year and two months. At the end of four months, they stood me up and they put this robe on me. It doesn't come together. It's called the ICU. <laughs> That's when I figured out what the Army draft really was. <laughs> woman came to see her husband been next to mine. 100% third degree, no skin. Took off her ring, threw it on his bed, and walked out saying, you're embarrassed saying I couldn't walk down the street with you. Next woman, it was ripe old age of 19. Bent down and kissed what was left of my face. Looked me in my good eye and she said, I want you to know I love you. Welcome home, Davy. And when she says, Davy, <laughs> I said, Doc, I'm getting better. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, baby. And she said, why? I said, I broke my promise. I can never look good for you. She said, Davey, you never were good looking. <laughs> the Bible says, ye shall know the truth. <laughs> and the truth shall take thee off. <laughs> I left that hospital suitcase in one hand, sweetheart, in the other. We've been together all these 53 years. I love her. Oh, I love her. All right. I just, I just procured the few minutes to show you a little closing video. People say, what do you do for your country today? Well, I work for DOD and have been since 9-11 as a contractor, but today, the most difficult thing I've ever been asked to do on this Memorial Day, I want you to understand, it wasn't to burn for my country in Vietnam. It wasn't survive the Hubble tank and be debrided, which is living hell. Most difficult thing I've ever done was to build the ranches you're about to see pictures of in Colorado and Texas to bring our wounded warriors to that have never paid a penny to come. I cover all their costs, including round trip and everything. I take care of them. It's not the hardest thing. You know what the hardest thing ever of my country was? To sit in a C-130, grinding away at 21,000 feet all through the hours of the night, bringing home from the battlefield those that fell in valor with flag-draped transfer cases, they're called in the military. We call them caskets on the angel flight home. I hope this little short video will speak to you of my love for my country. God bless America.
dedicated our life for this country. Let's show an honorable gift of our applause. God bless their families, their memory. So I got one question left. There's an angel flight. Are you, uh, are you scheduled to be on board? The ticket's already been bought and paid for. Have you picked it up yet? The day that ticket's punched, there's a hero's welcome to come home. I want to make sure you're on that flight. If you would follow me in a simple prayer, those of us that know Christ, let's renew our vows. Let's just renew them. But for those of you that are not walking in right relationship with Jesus, there's not a better place on this planet than right here, right now, to get it right with God. So pray the same prayer, because we're praying it like it's our first love, our first time. And if you pray this prayer, it comes from your heart. You confess Jesus with your mouth. He's faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins. Let's pray together. You don't have to bow your heads. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to yell. He's not deaf. You don't have to whisper. He's not nervous. Just say it from your heart with your mouth. Confess him. Let's do this together. Lord Jesus, you are that. Lord Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. I believe you're the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. I believe you lived a perfect life. You died for unperfect people. You rose again, and you're coming back for me. I believe that, Lord. And as a sinner, I confess up. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've sinned and come short of your glory. Forgive me of all my sins. As I acknowledge now, you gave yourself for me. Then you gave yourself to me. I give myself to you. That from now on I can live for you. Oh Jesus, thank you for life everlasting. By the grace of God, I am born again. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Oh, what a what a day. I got to tell you, I'm going to come back if Jesus tarries one way or another. I, got, I have to come back. I'm leaving my heart. I got to come check on it. I can't wait for the day we're together again. Until then, if I can be so crude as to ask for you to stop by our table, have a video that shares the whole story in great detail. It's called Scars and Stripes. I thought that was a cool play on words. It was recorded at a church called Gateway with Pastor Robert Morse, my lifelong ministry friend and a church I go to every other year, and a book called War and Recovery. I have not colored in this book yet. <laughs> it's a great book. It's filled with short stories. You can read it like a devotional. And it's from the battlefield to the mission field. I wrote it so that you as a civilian might understand you don't have to go to war to get hurt. I came home with a purple heart. You go to divorce court, come home with a broken heart. Broken dreams. And a broken washer. And the ex got the dryer and it worked. Because life's not fair. 
And that book can help you understand how Jesus keeps tab and balances the scales, makes life worth living. And an autobiography called Scarred. This is uh, updated to my current work with the Department of Defense around the world, wherever our troops are. And then finally, I'm not a clothier, but I'm happy to show you our very, very popular shirt. Oops. You can wear it upside down if you want to. Operation Warrior Reconnect. And on the back is our beautiful logo. And on the right shoulder is the forward-moving flag with the stars leading the stripes. We are not in retreat. We're in advance against the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.